What is up, guys? It is your host, Zach Lyman, in the Zach Lyman Podcast, or Lyman's Lounge, Lemonade, LimeWire, whatever name you guys put or submit for this show. And I'm happy. I'm happy to be back. This episode's for Tuesday, and this episode is awesome because we have AZ Power Girl. You may know her from cosplay. You've seen her at cons. You've seen her on Instagram and Facebook like I have. And also, we live in the same city, so I see her around in the comedy scene, and that's right. Not only does she do cosplay, she also does stand-up comedy. And I had a great chat with her before, after, during this episode, all great stuff. I really do enjoy it. We talk about what it's like making money off of art in a different way than I do. She names some really cool projects that she does to make the money, how she got into all of it. And of course, we talk Patreon because, you know, I am always interested in how people make their money. But before we get any further, a moment for our sponsors. Right at the top here, I want to mention you can head over to ZachLyman.com and buy a Comedy and Naps t-shirt, just like Natalie Freeman. You've seen her online, very funny impressionist. You can see a picture of her wearing the Comedy and Naps t-shirt. So head over to ZachLyman.com and buy one. And this episode is sponsored by Quip. Quip is an oral care designed for the modern lifestyle, developed to do the basics better. Delivered fresh every three months for only five, 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 five dollars. And get ten dollars off your refills when you sign up using my link, tryquip.com slash Lyman. Tryquip.com slash L-Y-M-A-N. And this episode is also brought to you by BarkBox. Established in 2011, BarkBox is committed to making dogs happy and works with local and independent businesses to achieve this. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme of each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. That's right, that's a joke. Get an extra month free... When you use my link to sign up, getbarkbox.com slash Lyman. Getbarkbox.com slash L-Y-M-A-N. Now, let's just get into this beautiful episode. Well, hello. Thank you so much for uh, coming on to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, happy we finally got this going. You're someone that I've been wanting to talk to so much because not only do you do comedy, but you also do cosplay and you have a Patreon. And these are things that I'm like interested in because first off, I don't even know how someone just decides to do cosplay, like in general. How do you go from just like one occasion, you're like, I'm going to try this out and then it ends up sticking or... Well, I think it's hilarious that that is a question because Halloween has been around forever and everyone does it and nobody questions it. Hey, let's get dressed up. I'm going to be a sexy teapot. Yeah, so that's true. It's just like that, that's except true. you don't go barging into people's houses and you don't get all the candy. I mean, you can, but you got to buy it yourself. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. What's well, also just interesting because some people that I know just do it for like a con. 
And then, and then there's people that I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, that kind of fall into your category where it's not only just a con, you're also like doing it for like a photo shoot or maybe a different project or there's like different avenues that you're going down. Oh, absolutely. And there's so many opportunities in cosplay now. When I started, it was like an accident. Really? So I started doing it for a local charity group. And oh, okay. we would just do things like Toys for Tots and movie premieres and that sort of thing back before you could get movie tickets online. Now you can't go to a movie premiere because no one's there until two seconds before the movie starts because they already bought their seat. Okay. But back when I started, you know, people would come in and they'd want to take pictures with you. And a lot of times we would get to talk at the beginning of the movie and that sort of thing. And then, of course, there's Comic-Con and it just kind of blew up. Okay. When I started in 2010, my first con was in 2011. And yeah, people dressed up. People have been doing it for years. But cosplayers didn't have their own booths. They were considered pretty much booth babes or booth girls. Sometimes you'd get an artist, hey, come and stand at my booth because if there's a girl and I expect you costume with me, I'm going to sell more. Oh, yeah. And, right. you know, and that's kind of where it was. I mean, Yaya Han was really the only cosplayer that had branding outside of Jessica Negri, who was just getting started. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, it just kind of accidentally happened. Okay. So you're basically saying like you did it for the love of it at the beginning. And then it was just like all of a sudden more and more opportunities started coming around. And you're like, now I'm just doing it all the time. It took over my life. Really? It literally took over my life. Yeah. It started out as just having fun and doing some charity things. And then in order to be at conventions, people were like, hey, you going to go to San Diego? And it's like, well, I don't know. I couldn't afford to go to San Diego. So what do you do? You start getting jobs. Yeah. And I got hired by Marvel Comics. So I worked for Marvel at San Diego. and That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I started getting invited to, to local events. And the idea of having prints came along. And I started getting hired by publishers okay. to work their booth and do their sales. And it just kind of snowballed. And I started putting out my own products in yeah. 2012 is when I really started putting out my own stuff. I put out my first comic book. Okay. That was just me and my buddy goofing off. And actually, it's kind of a funny story. I was working for a publisher at Tucson Comic Con in 2011. And this guy starts talking to me and he's like, Hey, do you want to get some coffee and talk about your comic book ideas? And he was totally <laughs> hitting on me because, like, I had never said that to him. Yeah, of and, course you're like, oh, yeah, totally. That's what I want to do. <laughs> right. It was, like, so weird and random. And he ended up actually being one of my best friends. Oh, that's funny. And it is. And did put out a comic book together in nice. 2012. Oh, wow. So, and then I started getting picked up by other companies. And so now fast forward to 2019, now I'm a comic colorist, an editor, a writer, a cosplayer, a comedian, yeah, a model. Yeah. You're doing it all. You got all the things. That's good. Uh, so you were from kind of what you just said, I, I would say that from, it took like, two years to snowball into something and then it kind of like really just took off and now it is your life. So would you say that was like yeah. the first two years was kind of like just getting into it and figuring it out? And 
Yeah, it, it actually really was. Like, I'd never really timelined it out. Yeah. But I started cosplaying at the end of 2010 with groups. And then by 2012, it had pretty much taken over my life. Uh-huh. And then by, I want to say, mid-2013, I couldn't even work a job anymore. Yeah. Wow. That's like... You know, no one's going to let you have Thursday through Monday off Yeah. three times a month. And then to build things and work a Patreon and do all of that, it's just, there's only so many hours in a day. Yeah. And you're really like, if you're having a job, because like as a comedian, that's like the same issue that I ran into in the last couple of years is uh, the more busy you become, the more you're like trying to fit work into a schedule, but like you're, you're really giving them like 50%. You know, of all the, you know, you're mm-hmm. not even really there for the employment. And it's this weird thing of like, well, yeah, I can, I can do it in the middle of the night sometimes. So you got to like find some kind of work that's okay with like you doing it when you got free time. And that's why like so many like comedians are like Uber drivers or like Postmates or something. Yeah. yeah people don't understand the life of an artist. Yeah. In general, they think, oh, you're home all day. Let's go do lunch. You're home all day. Let's, oh, can you go and pick up my kid from school or take my mom to the thing? Or, and it's like, we don't have this time. Yeah. They don't understand. Oh, do you have to go to a convention this weekend? I wanted you to come out of town with me. It's like that convention is like your entire week of work. Yeah. You can't just miss a week of work. This is your job. And because it doesn't have, a set nine to five schedule with compensation coming from a third party that owns your time during that. I mean, you don't work, you don't eat as an artist. Yeah, exactly. You got to be any type of artist. It's like, you got to be so flexible and just take that weird gig that like came up because you're like, you take that gig and then you do it because that's probably, that might be your rent that month or it might be like how you eat that week or you just got to be so flexible in so many ways where it's just like, you can't just do nothing. <laughs> oh, and I think it's funny when everyone thinks that they have standards. Oh, I would never. Yes, you will. Yeah. Never say you will never do something, yeah. you know, or, oh, you're so lucky. You get to work on your own schedule. You will work harder for $10. <laughs> than someone working a day job. Yeah. Like you could go work fast food in an hour, you've made $10. I might have to talk to the same person five times a day for a month to get him to buy a print yeah. that costs $10 that I have put hours upon hours into between yeah. building a costume, shooting, editing printing, going to cons, meeting you, shaking your hand, holding your baby, <laughs> petting your dog. Yeah, all, everything. Everything that you're, now, like, you're I, sweetening the deal. We love it, though. Yeah. We love it, though, right? Like, yeah. we love it so much. But, oh, all you have to do is get up on stage and tell jokes and, oh, you got $50. Okay, yeah, you got $50 that you had to go to how many open mics to practice that. You had to write it all up. You had to possibly offend people and piss people off because you said the wrong thing. Go through material that uh, didn't work. You ruin relationships. You lose friends. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All your friends that, oh, how come you don't know? Oh, my favorite is when they hit you up and say, 
Are you mad at me? No, Eeyore, I'm not freaking mad at you. I'm busy. I haven't even posted in the past two days. I realized today, I'm like, wow, I haven't posted in two days Uh because I have been knee-deep in an art project that I have to get done. I get up in the morning, I go and I sit in front of the computer. My ass looks like a pancake now because I've been sitting for three days in front of this computer just... (laughs) coloring and drawing and editing and lettering, honing out this script. And then you like go back and forth and you think it's good. And it's like, nope, here's another mistake. Got to fix that. And I'm so close to getting this project done. But you know what? There's another one tomorrow and another one the next day. Yeah. And I had the same problem with this podcast. I've talked about it before, but like when my comedy career took off, I like, forgot to keep up with the podcast and then when i have downtime it's like i do the podcast and now this year it's been like my main goal to just like be consistent with the podcast and with comedy and find a good balance where i'm traveling enough but i'm not like forgetting about this because this is like a lot of people have found my stand-up and they're like oh you're coming to my town because of the podcast yeah it's just like this like ever weaving like busyness that you're just trying like it's your own busyness that you're trying to like manage but um well you have to create work yeah yeah that's true that's what people don't understand you literally have to create that's a good way of putting it is that yeah people that that's what happened to me like it was like okay so if i want to keep doing more yeah i stumbled upon a few things but if I wanted to keep doing it, if I wanted to go to cons and make money instead of losing money and, you know, and, and build this fan base. Yeah. Back then, a lot of the cosplayers that have the big numbers, it was all falsified. People don't understand that. So I also, I teach a panel on how to be a professional cosplayer oh, at conventions. I, mean, I would, I totally so, need to go to that. I'm not kidding. That sounds like a, cause I'm just so intrigued. I'm intrigued by anyone that makes money doing something that's not a normal job. Like, just to get that out of the way. Like, I, if it was, like, woodworking 101, how to make a living building chairs, I'd, I would sit in it. Because I'd be like, this is interesting to me of how anyone does. So, cosplay And you know what? The basis is all the same thing. It is. You're Whether right. Whether it's it art, is. comedy, cosplay, anything. The basis is all the same thing. Yeah. And you have to promote yourself. But you feel like a jerk. I grew up with this idea, and I I learned over the years that it was just society's way of manipulating you. That if you ever had any kind of, like, thing like, oh, look what I did. Oh, you're just being egotistical. And it's like, you know what? And you're just telling me I'm being egotistical because I did something that you didn't and you feel like a bag of crap and you're going to kick me instead of building yourself up. Oh, yeah. That's a rough one is getting used to is like just get like I for the longest time sucked at promoting myself. And then when comedy clubs or venues of any sort would be like, send us a bio. And I was like, I have to write like a good bio about myself, like, you know, talking myself up where you want to buy a ticket. And it was just always the hardest part of the job where I was like, I don't know, I'm funny. Can we just go with that? Like, <laughs> So my recommendation for that for anybody out there listening, have someone else write it 
because when you go through it, you're going to be like, oh, but what about this? Yeah. And then you add it. Like, That's a good point. Someone wrote my bio. I've had other people write all my bios and it's like, okay, well, yeah, this is good. Yeah. I was on two magic cards, but I've also been in Forbes twice. I've also been on CNET. I've also been in heavy metal magazine. So why don't I put this in there? Yeah. And also like you've been doing it for so long where I'm sure you have the problem of like, oh, right. I was in that thing. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. you, just you start, always forget the things yeah, you've done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're just like, oh, and I also, and also, yeah, that's cool. Okay. So things started snowballing, start growing. And then what made you decide to do Patreon? Because we had Scarlett on recently and it was actually people telling her to do a Patreon, but you've had it so long that uh, I'm sure it wasn't really people even knew what Patreon was. So No, they didn't. And I didn't do it because I saw dollar signs. Right. I did it because I wanted to be held accountable. Because now that I was no longer working a day job, which is actually funny, I was fired by the senior citizen with Parkinson's that <laughs> I was taking care of because... He was mad that I wouldn't marry him. <laughs> so, so, that's, but that's too much. He's like, I can't have you taking care of me if you don't want to marry me. <laughs> um, I, yeah, pretty much. And yes, that was rough. And I started Bill, can Patreon. We just take it slow, <laughs> right? Exactly. Can we, can we work up to the marriage bill? <laughs> We'll just hold hands for now and in 50 years, uh, I'll think about it. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. He ended up passing away a few years later, but. Oh, okay. Well, now you make me feel bad. So anyway, <laughs> he was, he, I think it was his time. I think he's much happier now, you know, but yeah. So I, I started doing Patreon because I wanted to hold myself accountable. Okay. Because with Patreon, if you don't post, I mean, you can do it however you want. And I have heard of people that are just charging and not putting up content. But <laughs> it's made you mean me... stealing. <laughs> right. And it goes both ways. It actually does. Where people would join. Yeah. And then they would take your content and then cancel before they got charged. Uh, I didn't know that yeah. thing. And that's terrible. And you can report those. But oh. now what Patreon does is you can make it to where... When someone joins, they're charged immediately. Oh, okay. So they can get that content right away. And then they would be charged on the first of the month after that or biweekly or however you have it set up. So for me, I typically only do one a month. Sometimes I do two, but I give people advanced notice. But it keeps me accountable. Yeah. And there's times where I'll work on a costume for months. And it'll take that long, but... I need to eat today, unfortunately. I don't know if people know that, but you're supposed to eat every day. Huh. Every day. Right? Okay. So I needed to have something coming in regularly along yeah. with my online store and conventions and that sort of thing. So even if I don't do a huge build or something every single month, maybe that costume takes three, four months and it'll come out when it comes out. But then I have the costume that was easier that took me an hour to make or something that was for something else. Like I get hired on to projects and I will typically work 
with independent books when they want me on kind of a deal. Like, well, if I like their costume and I like their their product, then it's like, yeah. okay, I'll give you a deal if I can have a photo set for my Patreon and sell my own stuff. along with your product. Now, the thing is, legally, it's where it gets weird because legally, I could just do it and do what I want and you can suck it. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make that deal with you that says, hey, this could cost you $1,500 or I can charge you $500, but I get to use it too. And when I use it too, I still promote their stuff. So it's kind of a win-win-win all the way around. Yeah. And most people like that. Yeah. I try to make it to where, yeah, everyone wins and usually I'll get comps. So people will do like a run of books that'll have me on the cover and then they'll sell whatever they want to sell. And I'll get a handful of books that I get to resell in order to supplement there. I really try to be very fair. And because of that, I've been on a good amount of books for a cosplayer. Okay. And then I guess my next question would be, so you have all these online avenues. Once you get the, let's say the customer in, right? Like you get the person that's interested in the door. They have all these avenues of like, they can pay you in different ways. Where do you get these people the most? Do you feel, do you feel like cons are like your number one of like getting everyone to convert to buying something off your website? Or is it doing like, an Instagram post or where, where do you find the, that your, the value is like lying the most, I guess. For me, yeah. Facebook. Really? Um, a lot of people are real big on Instagram and, Oh, look, I've got 10,000 likes. Okay. How much money did that make you? Yeah. Can you afford to buy a table at a con? When cosplayers tell me, Oh, I can't go to a con unless I'm guested. That tells me that you're not that successful in your business. Now, there are cons that I won't do unless I'm a guest just because it's not profitable. I mean, and I know that a lot of people I can just see in my mind, I can see they, you're mean and selfish, but really, would you go to work for 40 hours and make less than minimum wage? Like, unfortunately... The fans have spoken and they want me to do these costumes. They want me to do these things. They want me to go to their hometown. But if you don't buy my stuff, I can't buy that plane ticket and that table and rent that room and pay my rent and feed my dog. So it's kind of like putting the responsibility on everybody. So for me, I think that Facebook has been the most profitable as far as bringing in an income. And I see that with artists. Well, I see some artists that do really well through Instagram. Yeah, I'm one of those people where it's like I have like a thousand likes on Facebook and I use it for like to run ads when I'm traveling. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it is I use it a lot in different ways. But like on a day to day basis, like Instagram's like where because I live off of T-shirt sales. That's like my only avenue that really matters right now. And you're doing well on Instagram with selling them? Yeah, and it's like all that is from that. But also my shirt's like bought by like trendy girls that are like, this is a good shirt to wear in a photo. (laughs) Like, you know, they just see other... It's it's not always about my comedy. It's a lot about like, that's a really nice shirt and I want to buy it. Which was totally my game plan because I was like, I get it. There's a big... Oh, a lot of comedians sell shirts. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I do, everyone sells I do shirts, headshots, but, yeah. but I, I want to be selling shirts. I just haven't been able to 
put my niche on that and it, it's coming. I've got, I typically will do a crowdfund okay. as well. So that, that, that definitely helps me. Like I have a line of cosplay books and calendars that I have crowdfunded. Oh, okay. Like what is a cosplay book? Okay. So my husband actually came up with this idea back in 2012 and it's like an artist sketchbook, but it's cosplay. So it's comic book sized. So my thing that I tell people is bag it and board it, put it between your comics and hide it from your wife. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because she's not looking through your comics. Yeah. I yeah. mean, sometimes she will, but usually she won't because she either has her own comics or doesn't care. <laughs> and it's comic book sized. It also sells at comic book stores because it fits that size. And I have a trilogy out now, but I re-released the first book and crowdfunded that last year. And it's done very, very well. I've sold thousands and thousands of books. And oh, wow. it's, I have, you know, my table of contents. I have different photos from photo shoots, stories, jokes, Q&A. Oh, that's um, fun. Yeah. That's um, cool. I even have advertisements for other cosplayers and some charity ads in there as well. A buddy of mine does a lot of cat rescue. And okay. he's a cosplayer that I just love. And so, like, yeah, I'm going to put an ad and I'm going to advertise you as a cosplayer. That's and fun. It's like your own. People can go support. It's like a blend between, like, a comic book and just a zine. And uh, yeah, that's fun. And it does well. And, oh, yeah, you know, I was really surprised that other cosplayers haven't picked up on it. I saw one girl try to do it, but it was very comic book style. Yeah. And for some reason, when you do word balloons with photography it just doesn't do well yeah that's i could see that being a rough one for sure i just have never seen it do well so and then i do a calendar every year and i was not going to do a calendar but i kept getting asked <laughs> to just do a calendar and sell them on their own wasn't going to be worth it yeah because i know you know you, you know people in the industry so when i know that the girl that has you know, half a million likes and looks more successful than me as far as fan base and numbers when I know that she's selling like a third of the amount of calendars that I am and she's only selling the calendar. It's like, no, I'll crowdfund that. I will sell extras. I put out a music video once with one of them as a bonus. I put out collector's cards prints of each month with no calendar on them so you have the print as well as the month with the calendar i put out a variant cover that's fine so i made i want to say seven thousand on my last calendar there you go Crushing and that, that was just crowdfunding i i sold many many calendars after that online and at shows but that was just the crowdfunding yeah that's great so you now when you awesome. actually look at the numbers like I'm doing okay. I could definitely do better because yeah, I, I mean, but that's like every equipment, that's and every, I need yeah. a better computer, and that's, I'd love to have a tablet. Yeah, I, but everyone says that. every year you should be trying to get better. You know, where you're just like always trying to up it. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, you so. want better stuff. I mean, I've <laughs> evolved into like so many different things, and like so I get picked up by companies, and I'll be at San Diego Comic Con again this year. And I'm on a panel on Friday 
And then I have, I'm working with uh, Big City Comics the rest of the time, and I'm going to have a variant cover of one of their books out. There you go. When's the San Diego one, do you know? Mid-July. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This should, be, like this should be out before the second then. or the third weekend in July. Okay, cool. How so, many, but I've been there like, every year. There's like a million. I feel like every year there's more and more cons. And uh, do you feel like every year you're getting asked to more and more cons? Is that like something that's like forever growing? Or is it kind of like, because it's like, I always pictured it being kind of like comedy clubs where you like work the same circuits and, like, sure, there's more comedy clubs, but, like, you kind of stick with, like, the ones that are your bread and butter and then branch out a little bit. Is that how it works? Or is it just kind of, like... Kind of, yeah. Okay. But it's also, like, the other side of that and just, like, how it is with comedy. You know that they can always find some new guy that's going to do it for free. So now your <laughs> business is hurting, even though yeah. you're established, even though yeah. you know what's up, even though you have a fan base. It's like, oh, well, I can get those three guys over there for free and they're local and you have to travel all the way from blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then they complain that, oh, no, one's my job. Because they kind of treat you like a dime a dozen, you know, especially with cosplayers and especially with cosplayers who do any sort of boudoir or lewd type of work. And I know a lot mm. of people are like, oh, cosplay can fit me. We only show your boobs. It's like, go through my page. You didn't like the picture of me covered. You <laughs> liked and shared the picture of me half naked. That's on you, buddy. <laughs> Let's see here. I, and, and I do that with most of my, with my Patreon. That's most of my, my stuff is I will do the basic costume and then I do the boudoir side of it. Yeah. So, and like I just did a naughty fairy stripper assassins, <laughs> a couple of covers for their Kickstarters and their books. And there's going to be, there was a Phoenix exclusive and then there's going to be a Vegas exclusive as well. So yeah, they're strippers and they're fairies. And I made this gorgeous set of wings that I put out a free tutorial online so that people could learn how to do it themselves. Yeah, that's and, the other side. It's just crafting all that. It's just like... Oh my gosh, yeah. That's so time-consuming. But, of course, because of the content, I did a couple of different sexy lingerie-style outfits. But then at the con, I wore the more conservative costume of just, like, the skirt and the top. And yeah. so, you know, you have those options. Yeah, there's so many I did the so same thing with layers. the changeling. I did a whole photo set where I'm literally naked, covered in blood. That was a bad idea. Why, why was that a bad idea? So the idea was great. It looks amazing. But one of the ways you can make blood for cosplay is the corn syrup method. Yeah. So it's corn syrup, chocolate syrup, and red food coloring. Do not do that. Oh, no. So my arms were sticking to my body. So whenever what? I moved, it was like, oh, and, no. it was, and I was bruised all over my arms. It looked like someone beat the crap out of me. It was oh, really, geez. really bad. So I learned the hard way. Yeah. Now we're but, all learning. We're all learning this together it, next time. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't next do the time someone calls thing. me and they're like, Zach, we need you naked covered in fake blood. I'll be like, not nah, corn syrup. Right. I'll make sure that's on the list of things when I get that call. Oh, absolutely. It should be. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, those are the kinds of things that you learn and people respond to like the sexy stuff. 
And oh, yeah. sure, I mean, they love the regular sure. cosplay stuff, but are they willing to put their money on it? Yeah. And in some cases, yes. I can't even say that, well, this is what works and this doesn't because this field has been evolving so much. Yeah. There were, there are no rules except for, you know, pay your taxes and... Yeah. Well, that's what I found interesting when we had Scarlett on. Scarlett, she's a friend of mine. She's beautiful. And she just does modeling like online mostly and has her Patreon. But she talked about how many things that she wasn't fit for. And like she can't do like fashion and like she's not tall enough for this and not tall enough for that. And what, you know, like all these like weird issues. And I really took that nugget away and it's like the same for everyone. Like it's interesting that like cosplay is like your thing and you found something that really works and it's like obviously something you're good at for building. It, it's just like your own way of doing things and making your own money. And that's just mind blowing to me is that someone's just like, I'm going to make this outfit and then tomorrow I'm going to post pictures. And then this guy, Bill is going to buy the photos and like, that's so cool. Cause that's what I also love about comedy, which I want to ask you about is when did all of that lead to doing stand up? So it was really weird. I've been doing comedy a lot longer than I claim I've been doing comedy, but I would get hit up to host costume contests. Okay. And a lot of times it was last minute. Like I would put the offer into yeah. into it like months in advance. Oh no, we got it. We got a host. We got it. And then boom, 10 minutes before, can you come host this? Uh, I guess so. And then they would leave me there. The judges would be like, okay, it's time to go deliberate. And they had no halftime, nothing prepared. Wow. And I'm literally held there with a microphone yeah. and a crowd full of people. And I think the longest I ever had to do it was an hour. That was Ugh. brutal. That sounds that sound so, brutal. Because that's not you know, like a stand-up set. That's not like a setting for stand-up. That's like everyone's like, I want to look at these costumes. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right. But then when there's when there's no one on stage anymore, and they're the judges are like off in another room talking about who the winner's going to be, you got to entertain yeah. that crowd. Yeah, you got to keep and going. I had a show once where they did have a group come in and do a performance, which was just the Jedi versus the Sith lightsaber fighting <laughs> on the floor. They didn't even do it on the stage. Hell yeah. It's like, okay. And then they were done and the judges were still deliberating. Oh, geez. And I'm actually going to go into my, my next book, Confessions of a Cosplay Diva. There you go. So stay tuned for that one. Yeah, I'll have um, to check that out. Yeah. And so I would just be left there. And then so I hit a, uh, my buddy was talking to me years ago when I was running for office. He was trying to help me do that. And then he was talking to me about going into comedy. And so I encouraged him to go into comedy and he encouraged me to go into comedy. And then one day, three comics didn't show up for the show in Safford. And he's like, Oh, okay. You want some time? And I'm like, PG-13? No, because I'm always afraid I'm going <laughs> to slip up. I got a real foul mouth. I'm really bad. I will swear constantly if yeah. I'm allowed to. I don't trust anyone that doesn't swear. I don't mind working clean shows because often they pay more, like if like a church or something. Yeah. Like I don't mind uh -huh. it. But at the same time, is uh, I've also worked a clean show and then said the word shit on stage and then I was like, oh, right. 
So, I mean, it's a balance. It's a fun balance, but I would rather tell jokes with no restrictions because uh, I want it to be fun and do whatever. Oh, I agree. But I did it. I was like, all right, I'll do it. And I did it. I was in costume. And it's always weird when I'm in full cosplay and everyone else is dressed normal. And that's happened to me quite a few times. But, I mean, I'm already a con. I'm already dressed. (laughs) And so... Uh, we're doing it (laughs) so then after that i did an open mic and it went okay it went pretty well i think for my first open mic and then i started hitting up some more and i started doing shows and and the thing is is clubs that were having people that had some real credibility behind them comedy world they'd come in and it would be like it'd be okay and they would book me and they would sell out yeah Because people love the freak show. Usually what I do, if I'm hosting, I will host in costume. If I'm not hosting, then I won't be in costume. But I'll usually do like a nerd shirt or something. I'm still working on that. Um, Yeah. I've done clean shows for that same reason that, you know, they they, they do pay. How long have you been doing comedy consistently, I should say? I want to say year and a half. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot. You've accomplished a lot in such a short amount of time. Well, it's just hard to get booked. I mean, like I've never done any of the big venues here. I've never done improv stand up live. And I know that there's like, Oh, there's the open show, bring 10 people, but I don't want, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm not a big supporter of that because I get it from a business standpoint. Like they're just trying to sell drinks and get butts and seats, right? And they need mm-hmm. they need money on off night to keep the electricity on. So like keep doing it. Sure. Like keep the doors open. Great. But as like when but people there was are a time new, that in order to get that spot at the improv, you had to earn it. Yeah, I mean uh, <laughs> I have a weird situation with the Tempe Improv, at least. You know, when the old owner had it, he was just kind of like, I don't know you, so I'm not going to book you. And I was like, I've been doing it for a while. And they're just like, eh. Yeah. And now it's and, owned by Stand Up Live. there is a lot of that same kind of favoritism in cosplay, art, yeah, comedy. There always is. There's always gatekeepers. Like, you're not good, but you're getting booked. Yeah, there's, there's always gatekeepers. They're like, wow, you're incredible, and why aren't you doing more shows? Right. Yeah, I mean, and then then there's the people that are booked all the time, but they're not getting paid. That's the other thing. Yeah, that's the other side of it. It's easy to have a favorite guy when he costs zero dollars, <laughs> right? And then it's hard to get to that point where you are making money, and they'll tell you things like, "Well, you can sell your merch." Yeah, and even if you sell, this is where the numbers get into it. Like, even if you were to sell, say, you sold five T-shirts. People like, oh, okay, if you sell them and they're 20 bucks each, that's $100. But how much did it cost you to make those T-shirts? Because you're not printing in bulk. And yeah. if you want them of any quality, which just for anyone out there listening, I know that you do this too, but it's a total pet peeve of mine. Nobody wants to buy a white shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not... people, people will do it because they're cheap. Like, we will buy shirts to try to sell at these things and we'll go white because it's cheap but the fans do not want to buy a white shirt they don't the white change. shirts are so hard to get rid of yeah the change of like yeah i always go with like dark colors because i go with what i want to wear i always keep that in mind. right your uh, dark blues your olive green yeah. but the other grays, side of it black. is just is, is the 
comfy level. Like a lot of comics, they go on the cheap end of the shirt anyways. And then it's like a thick or uncomfortable Mm -hmm. cut or something. And I'm like, you're never going to get pictures of people on like a Wednesday just wearing that shirt. No, you want that like beefy tee for women having women's cuts. But the thing is, women's cuts are harder to come by. They're harder to fit. So honestly, I think for women, if you're going to do something, go tank top, go a stretchy tank top because they're a little more versatile. Yeah. Honestly, than uh, a woman's cut. The most of our shows. Look at how much you're putting into it. Yeah. I always sell unisex. And then lately, so many, like the people, like I was talking about on Instagram, like one of my top sellers right now is actually a crop top. And it's like just like this, like super comfy black. I crop saw that top. crop top. I looked at your stuff, and it is incredibly cute. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Yeah, it's uh, like literally one of the few things that I get messaged about all the time, where people are like, "I need that crop." Like, I was doing some shows in Washington, and I was getting messages on the Facebook event. People are like, "Do you have the crop top at the show?" And I've never carried a crop top to a show before, so I was like maybe like i was like how quickly can i get some crop tops (laughs) yeah that's been a a game changer too and that's just comfy you know and that's what people and it's also just listening to the fans of what they want Mm -hmm. where can you find your uh, book that you were talking about earlier is it sold around town in phoenix my trilogy my photo book one two and three are available at some stores i don't know who has sold out yet okay and who has not but um you can also get them on my website 183degreestudio.com oh, okay and you can also message me through anywhere i'm az power girl everywhere and i do sell them at comic cons and events my next book confessions of a cosplay diva should be hopefully going up on Indiegogo within the next few months. I'm finishing up a few projects before I get that completely lined out. I like to have my books completely done before I crowdfund. So that's like a, that's a straight up just book that you wrote. Yeah. But it's still comic book sized. Okay. That's cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's not completed yet, but it's, it's still comic book sized because that's the world I'm in and it just fits with your stuff. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. You can also do like sketch covers and, you know, the world of comics is very interesting in that aspect. And that's where I've taken my cosplay and really put it back into the comic books as opposed to just dressing up as the characters. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So besides the book, and then you said you have the con coming up. Is there anything else that, that you have coming out? That people should be looking for. Oh my for. gosh, I have so much stuff. So <laughs> I'm all first of all, I'm always trying to get into more comedy shows. Okay. I just did Planet Comic Con and they brought in uh, Lisa Correo. Okay. From Nickelodeon. Yeah. And she worked with Patton Oswald and uh, she actually worked with Yakov Smirnoff for a while. Oh, that's fun. And, uh, right? And so she was running their comedy show in. Kansas City and I did that one and that was a lot of fun and I'm hoping that at Smallville Comic Con that they put in a comedy spot we had discussed it and I need to talk to them I'll be hosting the costume contest Springfield Illinois for their convention coming up in August so many fun things (laughs) Oh, I, I do this all the time. And I actually had to cut back. In 16, I did 36 
conventions and events. Oh, my God. And uh, I was running for House of Representatives. <laughs> that's a random fact. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lot of people know me for that. So that's been really cool, too, because people be like, I don't know who that is. Oh, wait, wait, wait the politician? So I'll get people that are really excited to meet me because of my politics instead of cosplay. Uh, I know you're dressed right now as a character, but I really like your point of views. <laughs> and just well, like a and I didn't even realize. So one of the news channels, like channel, no, I don't remember, 12, 15, one of those, was interviewing me before Phoenix Con that year. Like yeah. right before the con was opening and people kept commenting, eyes are weird. It's like I was trying to get ready when they <laughs> wanted this interview and I had these like purple contacts in. So yeah, my eyes looked weird. <laughs> you know, and it was actually really funny because our newspaper, the Arizona Republic, they are very politically minded and they have who they like, you know what I mean? And they were against me. Like they just did not quote me properly. Wow. They made me out to be a bad guy. They, that's weird. Like they really tried to slam me. However, they paid me very, very well to work their booth that year. <laughs> they paid me incredibly well like you're paying me to work for you while simultaneously that same weekend trashing me uh the fun times of news just the- <laughs> oh my gosh it, it, it's ridiculous it's so funny yeah that's, so, how, that's how it'll be that's exactly it. i i did lose yeah. And, you know, and I'm okay with that because the voters spoke and the voters spoke with their vote and said that they want to pay more taxes. Yeah. And that <laughs> they want to have of all of their rights stripped from them. Yeah. That they don't want to be in charge of themselves at all. And they want someone to take all of their money and tell them what to do. You know what? Yeah, probably. <laughs> So I keep getting asked if I'm going to run again. I would like to, but it's so time you know consuming. people just can't. It, it really is. It's so time to me. It's so funny because people think that if you're running for office, you have all this money. Like, oh, I thought you would have been driving a Lamborghini. Where do you think this money comes from? Like, people think that if you're an artist or a politician or a comedian yeah. like you, you know, you're you're a multi-billionaire, right? Yeah. You're like, you know what? I'm going to be a comedian. Boom, I'm rich. Let it rain. No, that's not how this works. Yeah. It's like, you know, and people always ask, you know, oh, what's it like? How much do you like ramen? <laughs> yeah. That's what it's like. It's getting excited because there's a new flavor out. That's exact. Yeah, it it can really be like that. The first time I ever got like a big, it was like on a, a TV thing. And I literally had a family member ask me for money that week. It was like, I just need a couple thousand dollars. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what are you? What? No, I didn't even get paid that much. <laughs> like a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh-huh. Like, <laughs> I probably made like a couple hundred bucks off of that thing. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that though that that's the thing though. We're just, like we're just not even gonna work anymore. I'm just gonna declare that I am this person who has money. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, like, yeah, that's just the way it's going to be. Like, I identify as a millionaire. Make it a billionaire. Why not? Yeah. And just live that so lifestyle. They, they, you know, oh, and don't forget about all the free time we have. Mm-hmm. You got to do all that. All the free time because we don't do anything except sit around being rich. Doesn't it feel great? One time I was getting... Uh, uh, breathe in the money. I was getting hard on myself one time because, like, my friends were driving nice cars and stuff and, like, just... I was just having a bad week and I remember I was talking to my friend about it and he said the perfect sentence. He was just like, well, anyone can put themselves in debt. And I was like, that's true. That is true. <laughs> like, yeah, as soon as you get a job, you can get all these loans and you can get a big house and a big car and look successful. But in the end of the day, you're just like putting yourself in all this debt and it's not worth it when you're not living your dream. Well, and what's the point? Like, does that car make you happy? Does that yeah. house make you happy? I don't want a huge house because I don't want to clean that much. I don't like doing it. Yeah. And I'm not gonna. So I have a modest house. There you go. You know, I have a modest car, but I mean, I'm not going to lie. I spent some time last year driving some Uber. Not a lot. I really just didn't have time, but, you know, and that's where it's cool that if you're broke, you can go do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's always an option. There's always something you could be doing and it's fine as long as you know what the end goal is. But, well, uh, right. And then sometimes there is no end goal. It's just <laughs> about trying to live for today and do what you love doing. And it seems very strange when you think about what your priorities become. Yeah. When you live this life, like whose job is it that they got to think really, really hard about what to write that's going to go on that t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it's so easy. It's like, oh, if it's so easy, why don't you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, it must be so easy. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now come up with another one. Now do it again <laughs> and again and again. And that's the hard part with comedy too, though, is when you start putting your material out online. Yeah then you have one, those people that this is something that nobody actually really talks about, which I think we should, (laughs) that people think that they now have some sort of authority in your life. Because they watched your video? Yes, because they watched your video, they supported you, they shared your post, they bought something from you. Now they have the right to tell you what you can and cannot talk about or dress as or do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, they think that because they sent you something in the mail that, you know, you need to do a 12 hour photo shoot in it. I just put problem. that bra on my wish list because <laughs> I needed one that goes underneath white. Well, <laughs> I don't have that problem, but I understand. <laughs> Maybe it's just a thing that you know that's what we get like i do get uh, i I do daily get messages on instagram in my where they're just like please tell me a joke and i'm like there's plenty of them on the page uh (laughs) or you can come to a live show i can't just take up all my time messaging you jokes that are not going to come through text very well oh all you get are send me a joke I get people demanding sex. Like, how does this work? You're like, let's say that I was interested in you and you're in a very far away country. Like, what is your plan for this? I'm just going to go online and be like, hey, you want to, uh, sure. Like, dude, at the end of the day, 
It is still your own hand, man. <laughs> like, you Wait, can think whatever gonna, you want. You don't think he's going to no. buy you a plane ticket? You don't think he'll, no, he'll no, fly no, no, you no, to no. wherever? No. Oh, okay. No, they're they're not. They It's like, like what do you think of us? <laughs> First of all, you've given me no money. <laughs> and secondly, how would that work? You know, you get some really weird messages. I had a guy want to send me a pair of shoes, a pair of sandals. Okay. And in exchange for these sandals, he wanted me to do a photo shoot where I'm holding open a dinosaur's mouth with my feet. Okay. As you would, as, as people normally do. He never sent me the shoes because I'm sorry, I just don't have access to a freaking dinosaur. Yeah. Man. I, always... I pulled a tank out of nowhere once for a photo shoot, <laughs> but a dinosaur? I'm like, also, like, those shoes cost like $15, and you want at least $300 worth of work. Like, people don't understand the value here. They don't understand that, like, it takes time. You've got editing. Mm -hmm. You've got, you you know, traveling. It's a lot of work. Like, you got to turn on some lights. You got to get that tripod going. There's a lot. But I'm ungrateful. (laughs) I'm ungrateful and I'm a bitch and I'm a terrible person because I don't love my fans. It's like, so that's one of the things that I do on Patreon that other people that I don't know, I don't know if they do this, but if you're on my Patreon, then you're allowed to be my personal friend on Facebook. And I talk to people. I will talk to people. You know, people message me. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Yeah, I'm doing great. What's going on? I also have a Discord where I'll upload what's going on. Look, I'm at a con. Here's what's going on. Look, I'm at a comedy show. Yeah. And people can get that as well. So that's what I really love that I feel like I have a real personal relationship with a lot of people. I mean, I would love it if mass amounts of people just bought all my stuff, but I really do have an advantage that I traveled so much to build my fan base that I know these people personally. And that's really cool. Like I love that. And one year I was in El Paso and a deaf man came to my table and he bought some stuff and we talked the best as we, the best we could with him being deaf. And the next year he came back. And the next time I came back after that, he brought his girlfriend who was also deaf. And then the next time I went, now they were married. And then the next time she was pregnant. And then finally they brought their baby to come see me. And I was just like almost in tears. Like, wow. Yeah. That's a real connection. Right. And he brought his father. So I got to learn more about like their life and everything. And it's like, this has been like such an amazing experience for me. Yeah, That is, that's wonderful. I care about them. You know, I care about these people and their families and their lives. And, you know, people tell me about their pets and they'll send me like, Hey, look, I lost 400 pounds and you know, or, Oh, my mom died. And you have a real connection with the world that I don't think I would have ever been able to have. So leading into that, what advice would you have for someone that's just starting off like in nowadays? Cause obviously it's a very different world than when you started. But nowadays, starting off in cosplay. If you're doing it for money, 
you're doing it for the wrong reason. Hmm. And I don't mean to say don't value yourself, but it's like any job. Like if you had to go work at McDonald's because you needed money, you would not like that job. Yeah. And people think, I had a woman once tell me, can you help me get a Catwoman costume so I can make money? That is not how this works. <laughs> it is absolutely not. Yeah, and then I've seen other girls where it's like, oh, look, I released my store and I made $1,000 in a week. Yeah, you did. You're not going to do it every week. Yeah. It's a one-time thing yeah. because no one has your stuff yet. Hmm. It is very time-consuming. It really is a labor of love, just like comedy, as you know. Yeah. How much are you willing to work for free before you can make a small amount of money? <laughs> yeah, that's a very real thing in any any style of art, for sure. It's just all those free hours. Now, don't forget, we also have like our own health care plan, and it only covers prayer. Yeah. It's free, but... I always said that it, our, our health care was, it, it's vitamins and orange juice and then praying to God. Those are like the three things of my health care. <laughs> but the insurance doesn't cover the vitamins and orange juice. You got you, you to gotta co-pay that yourself. Yeah, the co-pay is buying the orange juice daily and uh, pray, right. praying's free, but the vitamins, yeah, they can get expensive. <laughs> oh, uh, big time. But you need to, like echinacea, <laughs> you know, oregano yeah. oil. Yeah, some lavender on your forehead. You got to do it all. You really got to go all in. Okay, so yeah, like, I do a whole bit about that actually. <laughs> to wrap this all together, I'll wrap it all up. So you already said where you're going to be, and then again, could you give uh, all your links and stuff like that again, and then we'll close up the show. Yeah, like I said, I'm AZ Power Girl, like the letter A Z, like Arizona Power Girl. Everywhere: Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook. Patreon.com slash AZ Power Girl. YouTube, I am the AZ Power Girl. I do have some videos okay. posted up there. I do need to put up more of my comedy. I don't have much because, like we discussed, and going to be at Amazing Las Vegas this weekend. I'll be at San Diego Comic Con with Big City Comics next month. There you go. Smallville Comic Con in Hutchinson, Kansas. Sweet. Later at the end of this month. And I am very easy to get a hold of. I'm azpowergirl at gmail.com for bookings. I love that you got everything to match. <laughs> That's actually one of, I think, that my number one advice to anyone going into this world is branding. Make sure that you have the same name everywhere. Make sure yeah. that you are... I'm AZ Power Girl on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and for the love, anything holy, please do not put an underscore in your name. Oh, jeez. We all hate that. <laughs> it, does, it does make it hard. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and you guys can find me on Instagram, Zach Lyman Podcast, or Zach Lyman on Facebook, or ZachLyman.com. Thank you so much. Thank you.